1: is the Packaday podcast?
2: So welcome back to the Packaday podcast. This is Josh Zirkel. I'm joined. Let's get the names right here, guys. Trevor Jossart.
3: Uh, Jossart, but that was close.
2: Jossart. <laughs> I did. I did. I did the best I could. You know, <laughs> is that you know? You old people they're always like, "What is that Dutch?" Like I always try to figure out like the origin of your last name, but like usually I don't care. Mm-hmm. But like. It, where did that come from? Like Joss Sart?
3: It is Dutch, actually. It is, it is Dutch. Dutch. Okay. That is that is the main one. So you're right on the hit the nail on the head on with that one. At least you didn't say Jossart. That's what I always get. Jossart. That's kind of what it looks like anyway. But Joss hyphen Art.
2: Yeah, you think Joss Whedon would have would have bailed you out for that one? And then also uh, <laughs> Steve Perhatch. Did I get the right on it? the head? I like it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, you
4: got wow. it. We're good.
2: I actually remembered what you told me ten minutes ago. So today we're talking about offensive line uh for the Green Bay Packers. But guys let's do a little get to know first of all. You guys both live in Madison, but I, you don't know each other and that surprised me for some reason as if Madison was only like, you know, the size of a shopping mall or something. But you guys you guys don't know each other.
4: Unfortunately I actually live in Milwaukee. Mm. Oh. Yeah, so then we definitely don't know each other.
3: But yeah, this is why we do this is why we do the intros. Those so we are know exactly, right, exactly. We know who we're who we're talking to. <laughs> So, yeah, we're about an hour away from each other. Okay, well, that's that's And, and you're become. coming for, to us from way uh, down south, Baylor. aren't you, Josh?
2: From space camp, basically, yeah. About an hour Where and a half. Where it's 110 off. degrees. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's 100 degrees all week. And I'm sitting here in my laundry room, and I have the air, AC shut off so we can actually hear each other. And uh, I, I'm just having a great time. <laughs> well, you look Glad good. You.
0: That's, that's all <laughs> yeah, I <guess>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I love that it's a a publicly owned football team. Like, they're never going to become the Las Vegas Packers or the London Packers. Like, they're going to be in Green Bay mm-hmm. forever. And, uh, you know, I think that's a special thing. I mean, just in all of sports and not just the NFL. But, you know, I'm a, a Packers fan as much as you can be a fan of, like, you know, two teams or 10 teams or however many it is, you know, with fantasy football now, I feel like uh, I follow all the teams and I'm a fan of all the teams. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I hate all the teams, but uh, Mm -hmm. Green Bay certainly has a special place uh, for me. And I wanted to ask you guys, what is your favorite thing about the Green Bay Packers right now?
3: I think uh, this is kind of a two-part answer. It's kind of a, I love the passion that Packer fans hold Um, being not, a diehard Packer fan, like a lot of people I know, a lot of people from the area um, that I grew up with, they they bleed uh, green and gold. I just love um, the passion that each of the fans holds. They you know Everything that this team does, it's personal to them. Um, they want this team to succeed. They want their players to do well. Um, they look after them like they're their own. Um, but at the same time, sometimes that can get in their own way. Sometimes their passion can kind of lead to some irrational thoughts and whatnot, but overall, no, uh, don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's just my perspective from the outside looking in. I mean, I'm the same way with certain, like with the Wisconsin Badgers, I can be that way too. But overall, I think the passion for the team, and like you said uh, before, Josh, this is just like, they have that local feel to it. They're never going to move, you know, they're never going to sell out. Um, You know, Green Bay has got like this little tiny part on the the map, but it's such a huge fan base. It seems like nationwide.
4: I mean, it's
3: Aaron Rodgers. Yes,
4: the the man, the myth, the legend he is. He just, he provides so much fun into the game because he can do these things that nobody else can do. He can put a a ball in a hole that you wouldn't think is humanly possible. And I just get to sit there and and sit back and enjoy. And, you know, I used to live in Chicago for like six years uh, a while back. and, And my friends down there hated the fact that, my, my two quarterbacks from my childhood through my adulthood are Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And, I mean, I don't know anything besides Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It's awesome.
2: God, you're such a spoiled kid. You're just a brat, I mean, look, Don't get
4: me wrong. I do remember a little bit of Don Mikowski like, oh, right yeah. before that all happened. Magic but
2: man. he had a good mullet. So, Brian Bulaga, I mean, is, do we know, first of all, if he's still alive? Steven, this is your team. What, what are you, what's the latest on him?
4: They're not releasing much right now. I cannot imagine they're thinking he's actually going to start the season. That's just an insane tearing of an ACL and coming back, being ready for week one. I, right. I've i got to think that's probably why they brought in Byron Bell, and they're going to look, give him a hard look. And, I, I mean, Jason Springs probably isn't going to be ready either. So, I mean, the right side of the line is just, I don't I mean, know. I mean, it's, like, yeah, it's like throwing spaghetti at a wall, see what sticks, and hope for yeah. the best.
2: Kyle Murphy, do you think he's got a, a, a chance of being the week one guy at right tackle?
4: There's potential there. I mean, he he showed more than Spriggs was showing. So it'll be, I mean, it's gonna be just he's coming off a lot of off guys. Side. Yeah, he is too. I mean, just that the left side is great. The right side is just question mark and question mark. And it's just gonna be really interesting to see how these camp battles kind of take form and see who actually performs day in, day out shows it in the games and can actually grab that job.
3: Now, for our listeners who are um, tuning in, um, sometimes offensive line kind of doesn't make the headlines as much as other positions. So as we look at, you know, as we approach the season, what kind of things are are we looking at in camp to kind of see who's going to take that next step? What are we looking at? What are we evaluating for those that really don't, you know, dig into the deep headlines and deep stories of what people are looking at to be a starting Week one offensive tackle or guard?
2: Yeah, for me, I just I, you listen to the coaches. Uh, there, there are people out there that can that break down film and, and evaluate film, and, and I, I don't know how they do that when they don't know the plays. And, and look, you can figure out a lot of it, but you can't figure out all of it. And the coaches really, more than anything else, give you an idea of, of who's where in, in a position where you can't really keep. Um, there's no rushing yards. There's no size You can kind of keep track of pressures and that sort of thing. Uh, and I know Pro Football Focus is is evolving in that department, but for me, it's like who do the coaches like? They they will tell you basically, you know, whether it's it's Spriggs who who might be gone at the end of this training camp, at the end of this preseason, or if it's uh, Murphy or Bell or you know, they're going to tell us, and, and likely we'll see it on the film also uh, when we're watching the games, and, and you know, even watching the highlights uh, the next day or the next week down the road, Steve.
4: Yeah. I mean, another thing I always kind of look at, you will if you follow the beat reporters on Twitter, they'll post a lot of their one, they'll do a lot of one-on-one battles, defensive end, outside linebacker Mm -hmm. versus the tackles versus the guards. And it's not a, it's not an exact science, but I mean, I remember Spriggs was getting beat just left and right in his one-on-ones in his first year. And you could just tell there was no way he was, he was not NFL ready at that point. And his, his, Stats improved in that area, but still it's a it's a factor you can kind of look at and point to and say, okay, if he's getting beat on every single one of these, something ain't right here.
3: Do you guys believe or think that um, some teams like the Packers put more into their offensive line than others? When you have the greatest quarterback in the league right now in Aaron Rodgers, how important is it that they take this unit and look at it extra carefully as opposed to other teams? Or do you think all teams look at it equal?
2: Well, I think the Packers I, just spent the money. I'm
3: sorry, Steve. Go ahead. No, uh, I was just gonna
2: say I don't think they
4: they put the value in it that everybody else does. Because I mean, just look across their line. You've got Bakhtiari was a fourth round. Lane Taylor was undrafted. Lindsay was a fifth round. McCray was undrafted. And then I mean, you've got first round picks that they spent. First and second round picks they spent on the right side. But everybody else is just kind of,
3: hey, look who we found you uh, I mean, were going to say, I believe, that they do pay them, though. Yeah,
4: they, they do pay paying.
3: them.
2: I mean, Bakhtiari's got an $11 million cap number this year. You know, Lindsley got a $25 million extension at the end of the year. So, But, yeah, Steve's right. There is like a real scavenger hunt sort of feel, which you should not have. If, if Mike McCarthy is, is touting Green Bay as a draft and develop organization, which he has, they've done a terrible job of drafting, and they really haven't done a great job of, of developing either, you know, sprigs i think is an example of that lindsey i think has a, a head for the game and has shown that he could be the center and, and make the calls at the line but uh you know for what they have in terms of input they're they're getting a lot but you know steven sort of raised the question like what are you doing with those first and second round picks because they're not really you know sprigs being a second round pick but they just don't have a lot of sh- to show for it in the draft But when they do find guys Uh, they do seem to be investing in them. I think there are only like seven or eight other teams that spend on the Mm -hmm. offensive line the way Green Bay does. And I think uh, Dallas is one. Dallas spends a ton of money on their own line. Pittsburgh's another one. Uh, Cleveland is up there as well, believe it or not. So, I mean, I I think they they are putting the attention there, but I think the attention is coming uh, once they get guys into camp. And I don't think they've done necessarily a great job of picking the right guys to bring into camp.
3: Yeah. I know the Packers put, I think of their 14 highest paid players or cap players, um, four of them are offensive linemen, which is right under 30%. So, I mean, that says a lot of how much money they're investing. But then last year um, they were forced to use, I think it was 14 or 15 different offensive line units um, out of 16 regular season games. That really says a lot, kind of shows that maybe that's more like a trial and error kind of thing where they're just putting people out there and, I mean, I did, I know they did have injuries, but it just seems like a lot of guessing at this point.
2: Well, everybody got hurt last year, and I think that was mm-hmm. probably the big storyline. Bakhtiari missed a couple starts. Uh, Kyle Murphy filled his place uh, and he got his ass kicked in the Atlanta game, and then he broke his foot the next week, and he was out for the year. Uh, Balaga, obviously. And, you know, if you have one injury on the offensive line, you can kind of maybe shuffle guys around and get away with it. When you have as many as they did last year, uh, you're just scrambling. And, you know, a right guard, uh, McCray could have a great camp. It could be in there. And then he could break his foot the third week of the season. You don't know. So, I mean, when you have injuries like that, Detroit was another team. Uh, they had all the pieces lined up in place. They had a great uh, situation in front of them. Uh, and their offensive line was banged up all year. Taylor, Taylor Decker was, was in and out of the uh, the training room. You can't You can't make a sustained run when you're shuffling guys around like that, we saw unless you're the, unless you're Bill Belichick or the Patriots.
3: That uh, I agree with that. And it that kind of brings back my last point. I know we don't, you guys already answered that, but just, I mean, it seems with Aaron Rodgers' injury last year and, you know, the lack of success the team saw without him. I just think that this is just a critical year for these coaches and for this offensive line to get something set in stone, ready to go by the time the season comes. And, You know, to get all these players ready to go, because you can't really expect when injuries are going to come in. You can't expect, you know, what's going to happen. But, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, believe it or not, is running out of time. And, you know, he needs the best unit around him possible.
2: Steve, do you think this is a hot seat year for Mike McCarthy?
4: I think so. I mean, he's he's had enough time, and everybody knows he's a highly successful football coach. I mean, that's been talked about a lot. But... At some point, you've got Aaron Rodgers, and you've got one Super Bowl championship. Yeah. You have a all-time great at quarterback, and you have one Super Bowl championship. and One Super Bowl appearance, not even another appearance for him. So, yeah, I think Packers fans, they've been calling for Dom Capers. They've been calling for Ted Thompson. They're going to need somebody new to call for. I mean, you're going to see the hashtag. If they start out like one and two, you're going to see, I guarantee, hashtag fire McCarthy.
3: It's hard for me to say McCarthy's on the hot seat, but I I agree with what Steve said. I mean, after hearing that, it's one appearance with with the greatest quarterback in the league. Um, it's just that's unacceptable. They should be they should be a threat every year. And you just basically you saw how weak the team was last year when Rodgers went down. Um, granted, they had a, a, a what was only a rookie last year or a second year player, but um, you know the 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 stuff the people he had around him it just wasn't getting it done the defense obviously showed out and again of course there's injuries and stuff but i think a lot of people agree that rodgers is the reason mccarthy is still there um because without rodgers who knows what this team would have done in recent years and um with rodgers you know getting up there in age and stuff i think it's now or never for mccarthy and if if he doesn't if he does, i don't think he would be coming i don't think he'd be fired in the middle of the season um fans are certainly going to probably you know, after I wanted to start, start talking, start grumbling and stuff. But I think an under underachieving season, um, he might be gone, which means what is an underachieving season? I mean, is, is making the playoffs good enough or is it Super Bowl or bust? Yeah,
2: what I, don't do you guys know. I think, think you got to make the playoffs and I think you got at least reach conference championship. You know, and I think the NFC North is a lot better now. Uh, even With Chicago still so yet to get their act together. But uh, you know, is
3: he for sure safe if they make the playoffs? No, or could he I, be going? I, so. I think he could, yeah, I think, I think, think he can so. make
2: the playoffs and still lose his job. I really do. Depending on how uh, you know, if, if if it's a wild card game and they prefer they perform poorly, uh, I could I could totally see that. But you know, it's not like other organizations, you know. in, in the sliding scale of uh, you know, Q Jackson to uh, Marvin Lewis, like he's probably closer to the, the, the Hugh Jackson side where mm-hmm. or the Marvin Lewis side, excuse me. Where like, it doesn't matter what he's going to do. Like the, the ownership trusts him, the management trusts him anyway. And I don't think he's going to far. So we talked about some of the bad stuff. Uh, what about some of the good things? I mean, Bakhtiari left tackle. Um, I love, I love reading about Bakhtiari and people talk about how he's only six four, three fifteen. Steve. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, is he one of
1: the he's best a- left
2: tackles in football?
4: Yeah. Yeah. He's top five for sure. Uh, he is so like, he's so much fun. I've actually talked to him once or twice um, oh, that's cool. on, on one of our shows for ESPN 540. And he is, uh, he is hilarious. Like everything you see on Twitter, like agent 69, like come play mm-hmm. for the Packers. He is that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the reason that those things work is because he is so talented and just works so hard at his craft and yeah. I mean, who else in the world has a block for 10 seconds on 25 plays a game? Yeah, we mentioned – Only the Packers. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) We mentioned a little bit uh, pro football focus, uh, PFF. Last year, Bakhtiari was the highest graded left tackle for uh, pass protection. So heading into 2018, there's certainly some high expectations. I believe the um, PFF also ranked the entire offensive line – Um, ninth in the league. Do you think that's uh, a bit high, a bit low, just right? Josh, what do you think about that?
2: That's probably about right. You know, they do have some questions on the right side. Uh, We haven't talked about Lane Taylor, but, you know, at left guard, I think he is, uh, you know, a pretty consistent guy. And when Bakhtiari Mm. got down, he split over. And, and look, that's a tough guy to replace, as Steve said. But um, I think as a unit overall, uh, the standard is pretty high. Obviously, you've got talent to show for it. And the other thing we don't really talk about, you know, but when they, uh, you know, have some issues at running back, whether it's Montgomery or, or anybody else, like they don't seem to to miss a beat. Like they're the the, the outcome, uh, the production there. I meant to say, uh, is still pretty good on the offensive side. So we're kind of we're kind of beating them up with uh, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt and everything. The run game has looked pretty good, uh, regardless of who they've had in there.
4: They, they've got they've got now three guys that they can stick in the backfield that know what they're doing and when they've got guys in front of them that they trust it's just gonna be that much better you've got I think the best part is you have got three different guys there too is you've got like Jones is shifty and quick hitting Jamal Williams will just pound through holes and Ty Montgomery is a receiving back so I mean you've got a perfect complement for those guys to block for
2: I agree we're coming up on uh on time here so let me just go around the room real quick what is the one storyline on the offensive line you're going to be watching as we get into training camp, as we get into the preseason. Steve, we'll start with you.
4: I mean, for me, it's the right side. There's no other story. It's I trust everybody, left tackle, left guard, center. I trust those guys. I think even McCray has has earned a little bit. He's he's pretty comfortable, but that, you know, right guard and right tackle battle is just gonna be really interesting because I mean, whoever is protecting twelve, you want it to be the best out on the team. So for me, I want to see who who kind and of, who comes out of the shuffle and who's going to be able to to protect Aaron.
3: Yeah, I agree with that, the right side. But uh, to say something different, um, just the consistency of uh, what kind of consistency we're going to see heading into um, this 2018-19 season. Um, like I said before, there was many different combinations between um, on the offensive line last year, and I know injuries play a key factor, but. I'm really looking forward to seeing whether or not the coaches can really find that that five group of five guys um, particularly the right side that they can put out there and trust on the basis. Yeah I Josh, what do you yeah, think? For
2: me I, you know just to narrow it down a little bit the right guard spot with um, Justin McCray, who's sort of an interesting guy. he's actually an identical twin and I didn't know that he and his twin oh. brother followed his older brother to play at Central Florida and all three of them played in a game. Uh, Central Florida is the first time that happened in in like 40 years or something to that extent. His brother Jordan was cut by the Packers actually a few years ago. So the year before this guy gets into camp, he's playing with the Orlando Predators of the Arena League. Made it to camp, uh, got a chance to show what he could do, got eight starts, uh, played 593 snaps at four different positions. Uh, This is a guy you can root for. This is a guy who has a chance to to, to be a week one starter at right guard. And uh, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on him over the course of the preseason uh, and hoping that he wins that job because I think he's certainly capable and I think his time has come. Well, let's just go ahead and put a bow on it. We're out of show here. Uh, For Trevor and for Steve, I'm Josh. Thanks again for listening to the Pack a Day podcast. We'll have a new show for you very, very soon with some different hosts, obviously. Uh, until then, we will see you on the internet. And again, thanks for listening to the Pack of Day Podcast.